0: Rafer. Yes, Kristen. It is a week of childhood magic in the movies. Yes, it is. We have the latest installment in the Hobbit trilogy. We have the making of Mary Poppins and saving Mr. Banks. The
1: golden globes, the magical golden globes. So
0: round and full of liquor.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> They're more
1: magical the drunker you get.
0: <laughs> you love the globes. globes. <laughs> Just love them. Love them. Did so... you have a magical childhood, Kristen? Oh, so much so. I yeah. knew I, I knew how to fly. Um, uh huh. And let's see, what else did I do? I I, I knew how to become invisible. <laughs> um, I had this fantastic babysitter, these sister babysitters named Debbie and Lori. And every time they'd come over, they'd bring over Husker Du, which was my favorite board game as oh, a little kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Later, the inspiration for a rock band mm-hmm. called Husker du. Correct. It was pretty magical. How about That's, you?
1: Uh, yeah, I had a magical child. I, I actually liked magic when I was a kid. I actually performed or I, I attempted to perform magic on a you know,
0: worldwide stage. No, no,
1: <laughs> not on a worldwide stage. But you know the little, the little, um, the handkerchief that you could drop an egg into, and because it was patterned, you couldn't see the egg. Or at least so I thought. Things Ooh, like that. Yeah.
0: That's how that trick works. That's exactly. Oh, that's how man. it works, Kristen. I'm learning now so much. Now you know. Oh, it, well, we're going to talk more about magical childhoods, maybe some magic tricks uh, in this week's podcast. But before we do that, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Kristen Meinzer, producer for The Takeaway.
1: And I'm Rayford Guzman, movie critic for Newsday, and this is Movie Day. Do you believe in magic?
0: All right, Rafer. What, what's the most magical movie this week? Where do we even begin? That's,
1: that's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. Is it The Hobbit? The Desolation of Smaug? By the way, did you know... Is that it was, how you
0: pronounce Yeah, did that? you know that?
1: I didn't... I always thought it was pronounced smog, like the Los Angeles pollution, but it's not. It's pronounced Smaug.
0: Oh, that's yep. such a complicated word. That's as hard as supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> it is. <laughs>
1: nice way to tie those two together, oh. Kristen. Yes, we're also going to talk about Saving Mr. Banks. Let's talk first about... The second, the, the middle movie in the, in Peter Jackson's latest Middle Earth trilogy, uh, The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. So <laughs> Every time you say I know it's, it's, so funny. It's, it's very difficult to sort of wrap your mouth around that one. Um, I, I'll give a, a brief Plot synopsis Please of this? Do so. Yeah, I thought you might like me to do that, Kristen. So uh, we're basically—I know it's <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot going on. We're basically picking up where we left off in the first uh, in the first Hobbit film. Martin Freeman is back as Bilbo Baggins. He's still with his band of dwarves, led by uh, King Thorin Oakenshield, uh, played by Richard Armitage. Uh, Gandalf, by, played by Ian McKellen, is still on their side. They're journeying to the Mountain of Erebor. They're going to try to find the lair of the dragon Smaug, oh. and uh, from there they're going to take the Arkenstone, which is the stone that will allow Thorin to, to <laughs> ascend. Not to be mistaken Kristen. with
0: the Arkansas. I, I'm
1: trying to get. I'm trying to sell this with a straight face. <laughs> the Arkenstone will allow Thorin to ascend to his rightful throne. They're going to have some... they are going to be some elves. They're going to be some orcs. They're going to meet a boatman named Bard, played by Luke Evans. And uh, hopefully uh, they will achieve their goal in this film. Here's a clip. You've changed, of Baggins. You're not the same hobbit as the one who left the Shire. I was going to tell you. I... found something in the Goblin Tunnels. Found what?
0: No, Now, for you said hopefully they would achieve their goal in this film. But yeah. I'm just going to come right out and say I really wish they would have gotten this over with. Oh. I cannot believe there's another movie after this.
1: Yeah, there's one more. This, this is, is only movie number two, Kristen. This is,
0: I'm going to say what I said the last time we talked about The Hobbit. I don't understand how a children's book is being broken down into three different movies as a nine-hour movie. Right. <laughs> I don't understand that. I kind of understand with Lord of the Rings. I don't understand with this book.
1: Right. Um, well, yeah. Did you were, you? were you not a fan of the first one? I don't think you were.
0: No, I was not.
1: Yeah. I remember you disliking the first one. I liked the first one, taking it on its own terms. I thought the first one worked pretty well. And what I liked about the first Hobbit was – because I was not a fan of the Lord of the Rings movies at all. And what I liked about the first Hobbit was that it seemed more – a little more kid-friendly, uh, a little less full of itself, a little less thunderous and fantasy-like, a little less D&D going on in the first Hobbit and more humor and whimsy and kind of childlike spirit to it. I guess maybe because we're following all these kind of pint-sized guys around. But I liked that about the first Hobbit. This one, to me, has the same problem because it's a middle movie. It has the mm. same problem as the as the new Hunger Games. It's a lot of backstory, a lot of setting up for what's going to come next. You, It's the middle movie, so you can't have the third movie's climax. And it's not the first movie, so you're not enjoying the, the, the novelty of seeing all this stuff for the first time. So you have this kind of lull in the middle. Um, and I thought this movie was actually... For the most part, pretty slow going.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I'm yeah. so glad you said that. I felt it was so slow. There were a couple of cute fight sequences in there. There's yeah. one on the water, which yeah, is the, pretty fun. The rapid barrels, scene. and right? There's um, also the first time they enter this waterlogged town, which is kind of visually spectacular. That. Oh yes, you, yeah. You know, and, and there are a couple of things like that where I'm like, "Oh, this is neat," but mostly I just felt like it was so, so, so slow, and to. Bring back something you've said before about the Lord of the Rings movies. It's just you're walking, walking, walking. You get attacked. You're walking, walking, <laughs> walking. You get arrested or taken off to prison. Right. You escape and you walk, you and, walk and walk and walk some out. more. Right. And then before you know, it's like, oh, the movie's done with.
1: Right? Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, yeah, I agree. And and there's a you know when they first encounter the spiders at the very beginning of the of the film, I just thought, oh no. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> We're going to escape the spiders and then, you know, oh, look, crabs or something. There, there are no crabs. I just made that up. But I, at, at first I was I was pretty bummed out. I, I will say there are a couple things I liked about this movie. Um, I, I do think Martin Freeman as Bilbo Baggins is really charming and fun. I like him a lot. Um,
0: Even when he's talking to his ring. <laughs>
1: yes, you do see a few little scenes of him getting more and more uh, possessed by his, by his precious <laughs> – uh, the Ian McKellen scenes in this movie—they try to in, sort of fold uh, Ian McKellen as Gandalf into the action. I found those scenes pretty dull, and they've just kind of felt like padding to me.
0: And just outside the action, it's like, oh, and now back to Gandalf.
1: Right. Yeah. And i, I feel like what they're trying to do is—is is pad the film out, give you all the action, the special effects that you, the fantasy fan, paid for, and sort of not make it so that all we're just doing is listening to everyone plan and talk and establish the Ark and Stone and the throne and the and the dragon and why they have bilbo there i'm actually not sure why they have bilbo there are you no no (laughs) so that's you know sort of not ever quite explained um But the other thing I really liked about this movie is Evangeline Lilly as the elf Tariel, who kind of falls in love with the dwarf. He's just tall enough. He's just tall enough as a dwarf. He seems taller than other
0: dwarves, doesn't he? He seems taller. But no. Can I just say something about that? Evangeline, it's so great to have you in this movie. You're wonderful in this movie. But what universe do we live in that there's still only one female?
1: Yeah. Well. Okay. Sure. This just
0: drives me up a tree. What I about the what understand. about
1: the elfin king played by Lee Pace? I he he seems like he's kind of a drag queen. The Elfin King. Oh, because he him. looks
0: girlish, then it's the same as a girl? No. I just thought no. he was kind of
1: funny. I thought he was a good character. He's, He's kind
0: of funny, but you know. He's
1: kind of channeling Betty Davis or something. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was such an interesting way to play that character.
0: Anybody channeling Betty Davis, I'm, I'm behind that. But I just, it's the same, it's one of those things that just drove me nuts. No, also I hear about you. Lord of the Rings, which is what boy, I know these are mostly trying to appeal to yeah, boys. Yeah, they're not girl movies. What, what boy out there actually wants to be in a universe where there's no females?
1: No, I totally agree. And, and you I don't know what this says about me, but I was really happy to have some romance. I kind of thought like, oh, there's, I could actually care about these two. I don't really care about the orcs. I don't care that much about all the other. Couldn't care less about the orcs. Yeah, all that stuff going on. I like the little romance. um, And I also think that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, who plays the voice of Smaug, (laughs) <laughs> at the end of the film, um, is quite good. And Smaug looks pretty great, good. No
0: matter what he does. He's in
1: everything, my God. He's, he does, he's, he's omnipresent. He's yeah.
0: I love him. I love him. But did you love this movie?
1: I said it, I, I would call this an okay date. I, 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 It's just a hair less entertaining than the first one to me.
0: I would call it a very bad date.
1: Wow, no kidding. Yeah,
0: didn't enjoy it at all. I was really bored. It was really slow. It felt like nothing happened, but everything was being explained. Yeah. And my God, it would have been nice to have another woman. Maybe just three women. There's, a, of... there's a
1: daughter. There's a little girl in there somewhere.
0: At the Father, end. you're home. I think <laughs> oh, that no. was like her one line. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. All right. Let's move on to our other childhood magic movie. Yes. Saving Mr. Banks. Now, this is telling the backstory about how P.L. Travers, she's the author of the Mary Poppins books, how Walt Disney got the film rights to her books because she was very resistant to that. She created this character out of childhood memories, out of her own imagination. The characters in Mary Poppins were very near and dear to her heart, but Walt Disney, he was very, very, very certain that this needed to be put onto film, maybe with some cartoon characters and some jumpy songs to add to it. He spent 20 years trying to get her to agree to make this into a movie, to hand over the film rights. She finally, after 20 years, says, fine, I'll pay a visit to Disneyland. I'll sit down, I'll talk with you, I'll work with your team for a couple weeks, and we'll see if maybe I will agree to making this into a movie. And so we follow that journey, and here is a clip of that.
1: What are you doing? All right, here we go. Room here for everyone. Gather around. The constable's responsible. Now, how does that sound? No, oh, no, no, no,
0: no, 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 no. Responsible is not a word. We made it up. Well,
1: unmake it up
0: did you like the original Mary Poppins the movie with Julie Andrews
1: yes I did um again it's it's you know it, it would never come up on my list of favorite movies even for a, you know a, as a kid or for a kid necessarily it's not the first movie I, I ever Think of really, um, but I always did like it, and really mainly because of Julie Andrews. She's, oh, she's so just wonderful. She's really amazing in that film. She somehow manages. It's it's a it's a difficult trick when you think about it, when you watch that film, because the character of Mary Poppins is very stern and in some ways entirely humorless throughout the throughout the film, and yet just because Julie Andrews, maybe because of who she is or how she expresses it you get this feeling of tenderness from her. You you somehow, you bond with her emotionally through the film when she's giving you almost nothing to work with. Somehow it just works, and it's really because of her, I think, that I like that film.
0: Mm. And did you think in any way maybe Emma Thompson was trying to play P.L. Travers in the same way, where she's got this extremely tough exterior, she's giving you nothing, but maybe there's some tenderness underneath? Yeah,
1: it, well, it's interesting. I think the, I think the fun... The most fun uh, in in this movie is – and it's really Emma Thompson's movie. I mean she carries the entire film Mm -hmm. basically. She's in
0: almost every scene. Yeah,
1: she's in just about every scene. A lot of flashbacks, of course. Um, But the fun of the film is finding out that the the woman who wrote Mary Poppins, this beloved children's novel and and what we all now know as this beloved Disney film – um, was really just no fun at all. It was just, it was just this cantankerous, so crabby, mean. rude, insulting bullying, insulting
0: everybody. <laughs> so just,
1: it's great. I, you know, the uh, the Sherman brothers in in that film. We just in the clip we just heard, um, played Jason, by
0: P.J. Novak and Jason Schwartzman. And Jason
1: Schwartzman, who are both very good. Um, as uh, if I have these right, I think that's Robert and Richard Sherman that they play respectively. I may be wrong on that. Sorry, but uh, they play the Sherman brothers and um, Bob Sherman, uh, obviously we we assume because of the war um, has a limp and um, he, he storms out of the office at one point and he's got this you know pretty severe limp and and P.L. Travers says what's what's wrong with his leg? And someone says well he was shot and she says I'm not surprised and <laughs> <She's> it's, so... <laughs> it's, it's so clear that you're like no in the war obviously but you know but she really is a bit of a monster in this movie and again it's you know it's down to Emma Thompson that she really kind of pulls you in and makes you feel for her anyway. What did you think of it, Kristen?
0: Well, I always just I think Emma Thompson is so enormously talented. Yeah. And she's got such wit and strength. There's something about her that I could just watch her do just about anything. Yeah, she's, she's wonderful. Just so smart, such a great actor. And um I thought also that Tom Hanks was delightful as Walt Disney. He was exactly the right person to be cast as Walt Disney. Really? Who else would you cast? Who
1: else would you cast, yeah. right? Who else?
0: He was great. I will say this. Sometimes I felt that we're going into lots of flashbacks. As you mentioned, there are lots yes. of flashbacks. to
1: A lot of flashbacks. To, to,
0: it's almost 50% flashback, I was, actually. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Yeah, which I, I think we could have done with um, quite a bit fewer flashbacks. I think sometimes the, rhythm, the flashbacks... It
1: gets repetitive, right? The yeah. rhythm of it.
0: They're After a while, they're not reviewed. anything new in the flashbacks it's just repeating what you just saw in the last flashback now mind you, the actors are great in the flashbacks. Uh, Colin Farrell plays her father. Right. Um, the real Mr. Banks, the inspiration right. for the Mr. Banks character. Tra- Travers
1: Bobbins. Goff is his name, and that's that's where she took she took her last name, Travers, from his first name, I think.
0: Yeah, and um and he's great. I really think Colin Farrell's terrific in yeah, this. And he is good. He's um a wonderful, loving, eccentric, completely self-destructive man, and he does a great job with that. You can see why a child would fall in love with that kind of exciting character, but mm-hmm. uh, come to be very disappointed and hurt by that character also. Right. But it's just too much flashback for me. I didn't think we needed it that much. Sometimes I felt that the movie was kind of condescending in that way, where they presumed we couldn't pick up on the hints that were given in the last flashback. So right. let's give you one more flashback to show that Dad's a problem. Right. And it's like, we <laughs> right. got it. We got it. Dad's got. Our, Daddy's got brown bottle fever again. We get it. <laughs> we get it. We get it. Right. But... Um, that's my only criticism. I thought that the acting was great. I thought it was a lot of fun watching them put together these musical numbers was a hoot. I just right. I loved all the conversations and the singing dancing moments and uh so mostly I thought it was a really good date.
1: Yeah, I I liked it as well. I think um the director is John Lee Hancock who did The Blind Side and I think the movie feels oh. a little bit like The Blind Side to me in some ways. It's pretty in in some ways it's it's got you know i mean it's a disney movie about a disney movie so you're it's going to be heartwarming somewhere right you you can, you have to expect that i suppose um but there was something uh, the whole you know the movie is called saving mr banks which i i think for me when this movie was coming out and i was dealing with the studios i didn't get it i didn't get that title and i i and i and i wonder if people are going to make an instant connection to that title it takes a little explaining not, not many people I think have a, a clear image in their head it's not the first thing they think of when they think of Mary Poppins is George banks the father and it's and the movie is sort of structured around this idea that that PL Travers that sort of the, the the emotional crux of that of that story is that father figure and I'm not sure most of us feel quite the same way about that movie. I'm not sure if that's the first thing most of us think of.
0: I don't think any of us do, but I no. think that's the fun su- <laughs> No, but I think that's one of the one of the fun surprises of it and that's one of the ways you learn about Emma Thompson's character. That's one of the But I didn't feel like the movie quite
1: made its point. Clearly enough. I you almost... don't
0: think that she got to save Mr. Banks in the end? I or don't that maybe Walt Disney saved Mr. Banks for her? No. Made him into something other than the monster? No.
1: And I and I, <laughs> and, I, and I and I'm not I don't mean that to sound as I don't mean that to sound as as dismissive as, as I'm making it sound. It's just that there were a lot of times where I couldn't quite figure out what P. L. Travers was getting at. I couldn't quite figure out why she was reacting to certain things. The way she did. I couldn't quite figure out why she would soften at one point when I I didn't I, I, you know, there's a point where she kind of starts tapping her toes to this particular musical song. And I couldn't I didn't understand why that song more than any other song. And I just felt like,
0: yes, you did. Where were you? Were you not in the theater with me? Yes, you were. no, no, no. Let's go fly a kite. Okay, I don't want to give away the ending. Let's yes, talk about, yes, no. yes,
1: yes. You're right. It was "Let's Go Fly a Kite," but I didn't understand the significance of the kite to her, and I, especially because the kite. I don't know. I, again, it's hard. It's hard to talk about this stuff I without tell, giving away I would too tell, much. I would but, tell
0: you, but then I would tell everybody the ending, and I don't okay. think I should do that.
1: Well, at any rate, I felt like I felt like there's a lot of complicated psychology. The film tries to simplify it, and I never quite bought it. But Emma Thompson. Carries the movie she 's so good, uh, uh, very good supporting actress, Paul Giamatti as the guy who uh, oh, drives Paul her Giamatti's around he 's great completely as well. adorable, and the other thing I would say is stay stay for the credits because you will hear the actual tapes of Peel Travers, who insisted on all their story meetings being recorded. you will hear the actual voice of Peel Travers, and you will think to yourself it's a wonder that movie ever got made. <laughs> And and the so the backstory is fascinating, and Emma Thompson is good enough, and Hanks is good enough that I would say this was a pretty good
0: date. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. I, was, I wasn't I was even sure where you were going to go with that, Rafer. I was...
1: <laughs> ultimately, that's, ultimately, I came down to the side of good.
0: Okay, good. Well, <laughs> you know who else thought she was good? The Golden Globes. The Golden Globes. That's right. The Hollywood Foreign Press Association, who, as you pointed out before, Rafer, They just love celebrities. They sure do. They just just like hanging out with stars and so on. So sometimes their nominations aren't the best nominations. That's true. Sometimes their nominations are really just starstruck nominations. But the nominations came out. And let's talk a little bit about them. Emma right. Thompson, do you think she deserved that nomination?
1: I think she did. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think it's a really really good performance. Um, and there aren't that many other female perf- female lead performances this year. That, so few. Yeah, there aren't that many others that I could think of. Are we talking? And I guess and she
0: got drama. So do you know how they break things up between drama or <laughs> musical slash comedy? Yeah, so I couldn't, I couldn't even tell what category this was going to end up in for right. the Golden Globes. Exactly, I'm so confused. So
1: yeah, well, it's weird that that Saving Mr. Banks. Gets lumped under drama, whereas Nebraska gets uh, nominated for comedy. And her, the Spike Jones movie, um, which I have seen and which I would classify as a drama, is also in the musical slash comedy. That is so
0: weird category. It's like, yes, there are some whimsical, magical visual moments in right in that, and and the premise is a little bit you know peculiar in her. But I would say. Her, the story of falling in love with artificial intelligence uh, right. and being completely unable to engage emotionally in real life is actually really freaking depressing. Yes, and right. Not a comedy. <laughs> not we're, a comedy. I mean, we're going to talk more about that movie when it comes out. We don't want to ruin right. it right now, but right. not a comedy. So. Yeah, they broke things down kind of oddly. I mean, well, and you...
1: speaking of which, her uh, one of the big controversies this year was that Scarlett Johansson, who plays the voice of the artificial intelligence in her, was not was, was rendered ineligible for a nomination. So There's she, no
0: screen time, just her voice is there. Just
1: her voice. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. How do you feel about it?
0: Um, I was really thinking a lot about it after seeing the movie. I was thinking that it would be a really fun stunt for her to get nominated. Yeah. And I think it would increase viewership. I think people would be really curious to see what would happen. Yeah. And for that reason, I'm surprised the Globes didn't nominate her because also they love stars. That's true.
1: <laughs> that's true. They pa- they, that's true. They passed up a chance to have Scarlett Johansson on their stage. Yeah. So, the, so the the breakdown comes out from these nominations is that in, in the lead with seven nominations apiece are American Hustle uh, and 12 Years a Slave. Then behind that is Nebraska with five nominations total and then in third place tied with four nominations each are Gravity and Captain Phillips. And I think what's interesting to me about this list is I think we're seeing the ascendance of American Hustle which I never thought uh, was going to really be like a huge awards contender. Mm, And it's it's rising up the ranks. I mean, the the New York Film Critics Circle, of which I am a part, uh, nominated that for their – named that for their best movie of the year. I was not in that camp. It was a a bitter fight on voting day there between 12 Years a Slave and American Hustle. But American Hustle won out after I think five rounds of balloting. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it was a five-hour voting session.
0: Oh my gosh. Five hours. Wow. Yes. This is like being part of Washington. It was, like, like, it's like, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Like all the people who run the government or don't run it. That's yeah. right,
1: exactly. Uh yeah, it was a lot of a lot of um, you know, a lot of those a lot of those votes came down to the wire and that was one of them. But um since then I think I think it looks like American hustle is kind of is pulling out front. Mm. Also, uh, nothing for the butler. No Forrest Whitaker, no Oprah Winfrey, not one nomination.
0: I think that's a little bit Surprising, but you know A little bit I'm, surprising, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm also surprised, and you're not going to be surprised by this at all. I kind of expected Walter Mitty to get a nomination for something. What? I did. I that's expected, interesting. Yeah. I, anywho, we're going to talk about Walter Mitty later when yeah. that's out, not we'll in save today's that. podcast. We'll save that. All right. <laughs> so, should we move on to movie therapy? Yes, indeed. All right. So, movie therapy this week. Every week, we ask you to write or call in with your movie or life issues and we try to prescribe some movies to help you through those moments, through those issues. So this week we got a letter from Grand Prairie, Texas. A listener wants to know what our favorite movies are to ease the agony of holiday travel.
1: Now, I assume that you're talking about for your kids. I'm a, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I assume that what you're talking about is something you can play in the car for your children. Uh, I'm I'm guessing you don't want the passenger in the car next to you just spacing out, watching his iPad while you're just stuck there driving, talking to nobody.
0: Or you yourself while you're driving. Let me just watch a movie while I'm driving. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. We don't. I don't think that's what you're talking about. Um, so I, you know. The the bottom line is, if you're talking about kids in the back seat, um, here's what my wife and I do. We string a bungee cord between the headrest poles, uh, between her seat and my seat, and then we just drape the iPad over that by its little smart cover. So clever. And just hang it on there. Uh, maybe you have a nicer car than we do, that one that has an actual DVD or some kind of fancy USB connection. I don't know. But um, I find that, you know... The kind of the obvious ones works—the Disney, Pixar stuff that my kids like. Although not the ones you would think. I have two boys, five and three. Um, they like Tangled, okay. I think my boys are already growing up to be like boys, boys. They don't mm. like stuff with girls in them. But they like Tangled, okay. They loved Toy Story. They've probably seen Toy Story a billion times. They loved both Monsters movies—Monsters uh, Inc. and Monsters University. They weren't that crazy for some reason about finding Nemo. They found that a little scary.
0: Mm, it is a little scary. Yeah. I guess Being it's a little separated scary. from your parents and then uh oh, it's yeah, kind of scary.
1: I suppose so. I tried to get them into Secret of Nim, one of my favorite movies oh. from the eighties, and they were they were just That's a not, hard movie. They were not having it. They were not interested. Um, I know these don't count as movies, I'm just gonna throw them out there. And again, you know, I don't know, if your kids are girls, this is probably not up their alley. Um, but uh, some TV shows that my kids love that they will watch over and over and over. And by the way, they only want to watch the same episode over and over and over. I don't know why. Speed Racer. They always want to watch the first episode of Speed Racer, not the second episode, just the first. Same with Thundercats. I downloaded some Thundercats for them. They loved it. They only want to watch the first episode of Thundercats. Wow. I don't know why. They don't want to watch the second episode. And then Dinosaur Train, also great for kids. Baffling premise, bunch of dinosaurs. One is, a, one is adopted by a different dinosaur family. They get on a train. The conductor is a dinosaur. They can travel backwards and forwards in time on the train to other dinosaur periods. Very complicated to me. It doesn't exactly make a ton of sense. My kids love it. They'll watch any episode. Doesn't matter. You can put it on. They'll space out. They love it.
0: Okay, question for you as a parent, though. Yeah. When you hear these movies in the background, you and Ann are driving along. Are you yeah. having adult conversations? Are you going mad because you can't stand the sound of Dinosaur Train one more time? <laughs> what are you What are you doing in the front seat? Is it actually we talk. so? It's actually easing your holiday travel agony. Yeah. Yes. To, it is. To get to our listener's question, it helps. Believe
1: it, me, I've 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 driven from here to. Pittsburgh. That was six hours. I've driven here uh, from here, New York, to um, Chincoteague, which I think is in Virginia. That was a good six hours. I've driven to Boston. I've driven to D.C. I've done a lot of driving. This is the stuff that I put on. For my kids, your kids might be different. And again, if your kids are girls, I'm sorry. You could try Tangled. I love Tangled. I think it's great. You can well, also try Bolt, a movie that I loved that Kristen was not so thrilled by, but I liked Bolt, and that's got a female heroine. In it my, as well. my
0: niece and nephew love both of those movies. When Do I'm they? with them, yeah. When when I'm with them, with my sister and brother-in-law, my niece and nephew, who are now, um, I believe, six and eight. Uh, they they love Bolt the dog. Oh, they love to play Bolt. They love to talk about Bolt. Oh, uh, that's great. I, yeah. lo- I
1: like they... Bolt. Miley Cyrus is the voice of the heroine in it, and she's not the whole movie. It's mostly about Bolt, but I do think you've got a good a good mix there of a, of a kind of a guyish, puppy, scruffy hero and also the girl, the sort of girl power heroine in it.
0: So that's our movie therapy for the week, but we want to remind everybody, if you have a movie therapy question, you can call us anytime at 5717 movies.
1: Or you can log on to our website at facebook.com slash date podcast, but don't do that. I want you to call. I just give that I only give that address out as a pure formality. Call. I like it when you call.
0: You're so mean, Rafer. People are starting to write and say, I know Rafer's not gonna like this, but I have the answer to your trivia question. <laughs> I know, know Rafer's gonna be mad, but da 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 da. I am mad. <laughs> All right. So speaking of trivia, every week we throw out a trivia question for you guys to answer. We randomly pick from all of the responses one of the winners. So uh, last week, our trivia question in honor of fake rock bands, fake musicians in the movies like Lewin Davis. Right. We asked you to identify a fake band, and we asked you what movie this fake band was in. This is the clip we played for you.
1: And if you feel like a fish,
0: A lot of answers, Rafer.
1: Yeah, mostly and,
0: wrong. Yeah, almost all of them were wrong. Tons and tons of answers this week, but one of you had the right answer. Here you are. Hi, Kristen Rafer. This is
1: Dave in Bellevue, Washington. I'm calling with an answer to your trivia question this week. Uh, the movie was High Fidelity, and uh, the band was fronted by Jack Black. Uh, I believe it's Barry Jive and the Uptown Five. Love the show. Have a good one. Bye. Nice work.
0: Great job, Dave. Dave and Bellevue. And we want to point out, we would have also accepted Sonic Death Monkey or Kathleen Turner Overdrive <laughs> are the other names of Jack Black's band in High Fidelity. Exactly. So any one of those names would have worked. And what's this week's trivia question, Rafer?
1: Uh, this week we have some Mary Poppins trivia for you because obviously we've been talking about Saving Mr. Banks, which is about the making of the 1964 classic Mary Poppins. In that film, who is the one character... That Mary Poppins herself never speaks to. They never exchange any lines. If you know, if you can name that character, and if you can, bonus points if you can name the actress, give us a call. 5717-MOVIES.
0: Or, even though Rafer hates it, you can visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash date podcast full of sugar helps the medicine go down, the medicine go down, medicine go down. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down in a most delightful way.